Uh, but I've gotten hit off with 20 bucks like numerous times. Usually, if I went at it hard, I could make $50 an hour uh, just bumming for gas at the gas station. There's a man with two young children standing next to a car on an interstate on-ramp. The car's hood is open. I pull over. I know what's about to happen, but there are two young children, and he tells me he needs money for antifreeze. I look in the radiator, and it's dry. He asks for money to buy more. I still know what's going to happen, but then I glance at the kids again. I say I'll buy the antifreeze. He says I can just give him the money and he'll buy it at a nearby convenience store. I know what's about to happen, but still I go off to buy $65 in antifreeze and return to the disabled car. He thanks me, but then quickly loses interest. I was a sucker. I did see it coming. But I wanted to believe he really needed help, and I couldn't get the image of those kids out of my mind. I willingly got scammed. This out-of-gas-need-a-bus-ticket-money-to-feed-my-baby scam is not new. I've heard this tale throughout the country and in other countries. The pitch is always the same. I'll often listen to see just how well it's delivered. I still remember the guy in Baltimore that, in my mind, deserves an Emmy. Today we're talking about parking lot scams, and there are more of them than you may think. These are cons where a stranger puts you into a difficult situation. Let's go back to the parking lot. Imagine you're slowly backing out of your parking space, keeping an eye on both mirrors and the rearview camera, when suddenly something hits your rear fender, hard. You don't see anything, but still you get out to take a look. There, on the ground, is a person obviously in pain and very angry. The person struggles to stand, perhaps helped by an accomplice, and demands your insurance information so he can sue for any hospital costs. He may even threaten to call the police and have you arrested. You're panicked. This has all happened so quickly. You turn to get the insurance information from your car. At some point... The so-called victim calms down, and an accomplice suggests giving the driver a break. It wasn't intentional. The injured person acknowledges they weren't hurt that badly, and if the driver will hand over some amount of money, it will all be forgotten. Even if you suspect you're being hustled, you have very little choice. Pay up, or spend time proving your innocence. That will be particularly difficult because accomplices will swear they saw it happen. there are other parking lot accidents that can bring severe damage to your wallet. A YouTuber with a channel called A Minute with Miles explained how he got suckered. I've edited his comments for time, and be aware, several F-bombs are about to be dropped. Today I thought I'd share a story about a time I got hustled. Yeah, I got hustled. I was moving too fast, and I got played. I'm walking back to the car. Some dude pull up in a whip like, hey, bro, check it out. I got these laptops right now, these MacBook Pros. Man, they just fell off the truck this morning, bro. I got you for the jug, right? So I'm thinking, all right, so it's a dude selling laptops in a parking lot. What could possibly go wrong? This is perfect. Now, I ain't no spring chicken. You can't just piss on my head and tell me it's raining. So I'm like, brody, 
let me see, bro. Let me see one. I'm, I'm gonna see if I want to get it or not. He like, nah, bro. Nah, 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 bro. It's hot right here, bro. I've been in this parking lot all day, bro. You gotta hurry up and just get it, whatever. Like, come on, bro. Come. So he reached in the back seat, hand me a box, like a UPS box or something. It's taped up. I shake it real quick. I'm like, all right, it feel laptopish. This is like five, six hundred dollar MacBook Pros. He like, man, give me a hundred right now, man, so I can hurry up and get up out of here. I'm like, all right, cool. So I cash bro out the hundred dollars real quick, right? I'm walking back to the car. I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling superior. I'm like, yeah, I just got a brand new laptop. You feel it? Special. So I get in the car. So I throw it in the back seat. I ain't worried about it. We driving. And then some tell me like, man, open this box, bro. Like, just but like, yeah, like, bro, you just gave somebody money. Like, bro, open this box. So I open the box. It's a computer in here. But first of all, it's not a MacBook. It's not a Pro. It's not worth five hundred dollars. Dude sold me a raggedy ass Dell, bro. A raggedy ass Dell with an extension cord in the bro. box, bro. Screen cracked, buttons is missing. It's dirty. It's all kind of shit going on. So I take the computer to my brother. He fixed computers, he can do anything with everything, he dope as fuck with shit like that. He like, bruh, what do you want me to do with this? Like, bruh, there's absolutely nothing I can do with this shit. I'm like, bruh, you can't fix it, you can't salvage, you can't get the memory or something like that. So now he's like, bruh, how did you acquire this contraption exactly? I tell him the story. He fall out laughing like, bruh, you are the stupidest human on earth. So I end up throwing the computer away. I lost out on $100. I wasn't worried about it. But the moral of this story is, see, it's a whole bunch of different type of hustles in the world. Then it's low down, scandalous, dirty motherfuckers like the dude that sold me that computer. Overall, man, you gotta be a good person if you want life to be good for you. This scam is also run using gift cards. Someone desperate for money offers you a gift card that appears to be worth about $100 and wants to sell it to you for just $50. Once the buyer tries to use the card, it has very little value, sometimes as low as a penny. You might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight, cisgender white men, and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either. She's Wendy and I'm Beth, and together we host Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color, a true crime podcast. Together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold. We also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve. At Fruit Loops, we're serving up true crime with a side of history, society, culture, and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loops Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parking lot scammers are nothing if not creative. Some will put a boot on your car and tell you that to have it removed, you'll have to send money via a wire transfer to an address they provide. A variation is to put a ticket on your car windshield, and when you return, you're told the fine must be paid on the spot. Then there's the friendly mechanic who hobbles your car while you're away, then offers to help when your car won't start. He comes to the car, says he's a mechanic, and is willing to fix it for the low, low price of however much money is left in your wallet. Meanwhile, across the street, there's a gas station. It's the perfect place to run the I ran out of gas scam. In recent times, some con artists changed the story and are running a cash-for-gold con job. WGN in Chicago checked it out. 
Raphael says he got stung last year by a man claiming to be a millionaire from Dubai. He says the man was by a car close to an exit ramp around Woodfield Mall in Schaumburg. He looked very worried, very concerned. A uh, uh, Shakespearean actor said, thank you so much for stopping. I lost my wallet. I'm from another country. My family is in the car. Uh, please help me. To ensure his good faith, he offered jewelry, a chain, and rings. I still told him I didn't have any money. Before I went to his car, he places the jewelry on your passenger seat. And he tells you, please, uh, I'll give you my jewelry. I trust you. You will give it back to me. Uh, just give me a little bit of cash. He's just asking for $20 at this point. But the stakes kept getting higher and higher. But as he goes on and on, eventually he says, hey, this is my, my grandfather's $100,000 Rolex. Please help me out. And you get to the point where you feel very guilty not helping this person. So he relented, giving him $2,500. Here's my telephone. It was an iPhone, AT&T. I figured it was all legit. I can track him if something goes wrong. And you really feel like he's giving you a lot of value. You feel like you have $130,000 worth of jewelry. And $2,500 seems like nothing. The guy said he would return to collect his jewelry and pay him back. Still, Raphael says some kind of warning light went off in his head. I went to a Rolex store right away. Uh, they said, uh, this watch, you don't even have to check it. It's worth nothing. Uh, the ring, they said, this is actually 18 carats. And uh, we'll tell you exactly how much it's worth in a second. But moments later, more bad news. The necklace and rings were quality fakes. And the man from Dubai with a fake name and phone number was long gone. Gas stations and parking lots aren't the only places where these scams are run. They can also come to your doorstep. Another scam is run by fake contractors. Someone rings your doorbell saying they're doing some work for a neighbor, and they'll give you a discount if you buy the service while they're on the street. This happens often with roofing companies, and the salesperson tells you they've noticed some problems with your roof that should be repaired soon. They pressure you to make a decision on the spot. What often happens is the contractor asks for half the money up front and the balance on completion of the job, which, of course, they never show up to do. My name is Bill Huffman, and I am a former Cleveland News producer, and I am now the host of the podcast, Who Killed? I began the show focusing on the unsolved murder of Amy Mahalovic, and now each week I explore a different case with a focus on some of the victims who don't get the attention they deserve. I have a deep catalog of over 225 episodes, so there is a guarantee there will be something for you. Who Killed is an Evergreen Podcast, Killer Podcasts, and Slow Burn Media production. Subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows. There are some new doorstep scams that have popped up since COVID forced us all indoors. One of them starts with an email saying your package from Amazon or some other shipper has been delayed and to click the link to learn more. If you do, the scammers will own your computer. It can then be held for ransom or to send emails to your contact list that appear to come from you. Then there's the brushing scam. You open your front door and, oh joy, there's a package for you. You don't remember ordering anything, but it has your name on it, so let's see what's inside. You didn't order what's inside, so you go to your account and look up the order number. And sure enough, it shows you placed an order, but not for what landed on your doorstep. 
it was for something far more expensive than what was in the box. CNN Business explains how this works. Let's say there's a company that sells microwaves on Amazon. It decides to hire people called brushers to write fake positive reviews. But the brushers can't just log on to Amazon and start reviewing. They need to trick the system into thinking they actually purchased and received a microwave. To do that, the brushers place a gift order for a random person whose address they find online. And that fake transaction creates a real tracking number. The vendor never actually ships a microwave. Instead, the brushers send out a cheap, lightweight item, and when it's delivered without a return address, people like Evelyn and Blynn can't trace it back to the seller. Now I'm going to wrap up this story with one of the most brazen parking lot scammers I've heard of, Gary Thompson. Please help but spare my, my wheelchair today and all my coins, somebody take it. Gary does his work from a wheelchair. He appears and sounds as if he's disabled. He's not. I appreciate you guys busting me. <laughs> I appreciate this. Yeah, I'm really good at it, really good. I clear about $100,000 a year doing this. He told reporters he used to be a millionaire, receiving $2.5 million in 1993 after being injured in a motorcycle accident. My, my bead boy, I'm just playing. I got to go, y'all. I got to make some money. Television station WAVE in Louisville and reporter John Bull deserve major props for their investigation that exposed his con. Here's Bull confronting Thompson. What is your name? My name is Gary Davis. Gary Davis? Nice to meet you. When I pulled out another camera, everything changed. You're, uh, you're really Gary Thompson. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm, my name is John Bull with Wave. Been watching you. You're the guy, you're the bogus beggar guy that makes $100,000 a year, right? No. And you're able to change your voice? I've seen all the stories on you. That's a lie. That's a lie? No. I noticed your speech got a little bit better just now. Not a lie. I never asked him nothing. After Thompson and his story became famous around the world, he moved on to other cities pulling the same scam. When the feds found out about it, Thompson was arrested and pleaded guilty to faking a mental disability to get $106,000 in disability and Medicaid benefits over four years. Prosecutors recommended 27 months in jail as part of the plea agreement. The judge disagreed and tacked on another 15 months, bringing the total to about three and a half years. When he got out, he returned to Louisville, got back into his wheelchair, and started conning people again. For a second time, John Bull confronted Thompson. The Mental Disability Act changes when he recognizes who he's talking to. Are you Gary? Yeah, are you John Bull? Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm Gary. Yes. So I pull out another camera again. Saying that you're still faking your condition, embellishing your condition. No, sir, I'm not. I'm not condition. Well, when I first walked up on you, you had you kind of had your voice changed. Yeah, I have. I have personality, different personalities at times. The doctor tells me. You have different personalities. He says he has multiple personalities, and then starts having physical problems right there. Your what? That's a muscle spasm. You just had a muscle spasm? Yes, sir. I can walk a little bit. He shows me his physical problems, but I keep going back to his intellectual ability. What do you say to people who say you're, you're, you didn't learn anything in prison, you're still faking your condition? They're liars. I'm not faking any condition. But isn't that what you were convicted of, of faking your condition with the, like, getting government money? That's why I pled guilty, yes. 
Paul notes that panhandling is now legal in Louisville as long as it doesn't interfere with traffic. There are cons that make you wonder how you could have been so stupid. You blame yourself for not realizing you were being conned. But these parking lot scams assault your character. They make you ask yourself if you're too kind to people or too willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. If the answer to either of those questions is yes, then you must become the kind of person you don't want to be. Less caring, less trusting. You're left with this choice. Be someone you're not, or be willing to be a sucker in another scam. I got taken for $65 in antifreeze in a situation I knew was probably a con. But I'd do it again. People get taken by a scam or con because they want to believe they can become richer, smarter, or more attractive to a partner. But because they were the mark, they never realized they were being scammed. They never saw it coming. What you can believe in is that a new episode of Scams and Cons is coming in two weeks. Thanks for listening. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.